Welcome to Longitude Soundbites, where we bring innovative insights from around the world directly to you. Hi, I'm Louis Noel, a recent graduate from Rice University and Longitude Fellow. Our series focusing on the James Webb Space Telescope connected us with scientists, engineers, and program managers. Along the way, we discovered there are public outreach positions at NASA. We were curious about these roles and what their day-to-day -day activities entailed, like how they managed communicating complex engineering missions to lay audiences. I had an opportunity to speak with Peter Suey, Public Outreach Director at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland. It was fascinating to hear about the NASA public events around the world and discovering that Peter was the outreach lead for both the Webb Telescope and the Roman Telescope that is next in line. His interesting insights and engaging stories made this episode a must to include into the JWST series as a Soundbites Extra. We started our conversation with Peter telling me what a typical day looks like for him in his role. Enjoy listening. My job is to lead the public outreach for two missions at Goddard. So it's the James Webb Space Telescope and the Roman Space Telescope. On a typical day, I'm finding new events for these telescopes to participate in, to connect with the, the wider public. So there's a lot of planning that goes into that, emailing, planning out events, uh, leading up to them, and then actually running the event. So I was just in Baltimore on Friday running an event at the wow. library where to celebrate the web first anniversary of science. Yep. So the first anniversary was July 12th. I had the event on July 14th. We, I planned it for a few months. We took over this whole three-story library, had five different activities, two talks. The library was great. And we, we talked all about web to folks in inner city, downtown Baltimore. And it was great. That's fascinating. Sounds like a really rewarding sort of a uh, lot of work, but ultimately pays off in these sort of fun yeah. events. Yeah, there's like, just like a lot of office jobs. I do a lot of emails, a lot of calls, a lot of Zooms, but it is sure. cool to see an event go from start to finish in, you know, two months and see the work that goes into it and then actually have the product of the event at the end. So it is, it is rewarding in that way. You're, you're right. Great. Well, I'd like you to walk us through your journey to your current position as public outreach lead. So what key experiences played a significant role in guiding you to the, to the role? So I'll start, I'll go, I'll go way back. I went to the University of Maryland College Park, got a degree in journalism, and I was interested in sports. So I was like, oh, I'll do sports writing. I, my degree is in print journalism. So it tells you how old I am, I guess. And then when I graduated, I went into the Navy where the Navy needed uh, nuclear submarine officers. So... Mm -hmm. I did that for about 18 months, was not a tremendous fit, but I was able to um, try my hand at engineering. Didn't go so well. I didn't, didn't love it. I got out of the Navy and I got into engineering again, working in uh, natural gas drilling. So I worked in rural Pennsylvania, the mountains of Pennsylvania, drilling for natural gas. Again, engineering, I did better at it this time, but again, wasn't best fit for me. And then I took a job at NASA Goddard in an administrative role, and then kind of parlayed that into uh, working on the communication side, on the outreach side, connecting with the public about NASA, what NASA was up to at Goddard in Maryland, 
And fast forward, and now I work for these two flagship NASA astrophysics missions. <laughs> yeah. I kind of tell people it's like the, the best crossover where I have a background in writing about, talking about things for the general public. And then I tried my hand, like I said, at engineering. So it's kind of the best of both worlds where I go out and talk about engineering, but don't have to actually roll my sleeves up and do the engineering, which is not my my best skill. So I, it, it's a, a nice compromise of mm-hmm. what I enjoy and what I enjoy talking about. And I've really enjoyed sharing the successes and accomplishments of Webb and more recently Roman with the public. Yeah, really looking forward to the Roman Space Telescope. And uh, what are the main goals of NASA's public outreach programs and how do they align with the broader mission of NASA? Yeah, so this is it's a great question. You know, simply put, the goal of NASA public outreach is to share and inform the public, share with the public about what NASA is doing. That's the simplest way. And the broader mission of NASA's you know, it different on who you ask, but to explore, to learn, to understand our place in the universe mm-hmm. um, in some way of saying that. Uh, so they kind of fit a little bit hand in glove where a lot of times the scientists and engineers of NASA are doing this mission of exploring, of developing, of getting us into space and outreach. It's part of the whole communications goal of sharing with the public in a clear and concise manner what what they're doing. It's really out of this world, it's cheesy to say, but out of this world, engineering and science, how to explain it and communicate it as broadly as possible to the eighth grade reading level. Yeah, that was a great answer to a a very broad question. (laughs) (laughs) What are other types of communications or outreach programs at NASA? How are they similar and different to your role? There's a whole office of like general communication, news stories we put out, help run like our social media presence, like the NASA, Goddard, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram pages, which is a ton of work. Uh, There are millions of followers there. Um, So those are some of the communications programs at Goddard. And then a lot of missions have outreach as well. So it's it's a sliding scale. Like if a mission is kind of just getting off the ground and just getting started, they really don't have a robust outreach presence because they're just trying to get the mission started. Step one is to have the plan for what you're going to build, what it's going to study, how it's going to get into Mm -hmm. space. And then once that's kind of established and there's a good schedule and everything's moving along, then you can say, oh, we want the public to learn about this. Let's get a outreach team Uh, organized. So a lot of times there's not a dedicated person whose full-time job is to work on outreach for this mission that just Uh got off the ground. Like I said, I work pretty much half on Rome and half on web. So these two really large missions have half of me. So it's like a lot of times there's like an outreach person that does, I handle all heliophysics, everything about the sun, everything about the moon. So that's a lot of different missions under their uh, portfolio. And they come up with outreach plans to support those missions as best they can. I see. Yeah, that's something I wouldn't have expected. And it's nice to meet people and talk to them and then be friendly and open and uh, receptive to what NASA is up to. So it's kind of like a, it's a morale booster for me. And it lets me know that this it's being well received. Yeah. And I think it's especially important for um, 
children or, or young adults, um, because these are the people that are going to be inspired to work on, you know, yep. hopefully this next generation of science. When you're designing these outreach programs, do you generally try to um, skew any of the content or uh, language towards um, a younger audience or do you, uh, is it for uh, the adult population? If I have a specific event, as I'm planning the presence, I will keep in mind the audience. So I'm trying to think off the top of my head, you know, just saying in general, I've been on web for five years now. And one of the initiatives that I've kind of bulked up, if you will, is uh, web going to dark sky events at national parks where Mm. national parks around the country are in different locations, which is what we try to do. It's, doesn't cost money to go for us. So it's, you know, another government entity. So it's welcoming to us and it gets a, a lot of people. So mm-hmm. that's what we'll go. And when I go to these events, I'm typically aiming towards elementary schoolers. So hmm. kids, young kids, and then their family that's there will also learn from it. And a lot of the times that's what I aim the talking points at. And we have, we have really extensive talking points for all the, our missions that, kind of cover every topic that could come up. So in a, in a media interview with a large network, you could have a complicated question and some of the talking points will cover that and all the way down to just top level. If you have 20 seconds to talk to an eight-year-old, what are you going to hit on? So we try to share that information so people can be ready when they do their outreach. But the, the style of how you interact with somebody is kind of different for everybody. Like, like I said, I have, journalism background. So I kind of just try to do like the lead of a story, like who, what, when, where, why is what I try to tell people. But I schedule engineers and scientists to work the outreach as well. So they'll, I always tell them like, talk what you know. So if you're Mm -hmm. building this telescope, talk to a kid about what you're working on, why, like, how do you build something for space? Make it something you're passionate about. Interesting. Sounds like you have engineers and scientists that help staff these and um, yeah. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about um, maybe some of the materials that you bring to uh, some of these programs? We have kind of like the go-to popular materials that we create. So it's like stickers, like a decal is what it's called, like a sticker, a bookmark, a poster, and a lithograph. And mm-hmm. most of these, most of these have information on the back of them. It ha- it's like a eye-catching sticker, but on the back of it, it says, you know, web is a joint mission with 14 countries and 29 states. And so it teaches you something and then it gives you something you want to take home. Like if you just gave someone an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, they might not want to keep it or show it off or tell their buddy about it. And each one of these products has different amounts of information. The the litho is the one that's like the deeper dive where it's Mm -hmm. a sheet of paper with, you know, four paragraphs about the mission. So if someone's really interested they can read. And then at the bottom, it has our website, our social media, just so they can keep diving deeper and deeper. So those are kind of like the the usual suspects of materials cool. to create for missions, to, to share what, what they're up to, what why they matter, what their goals are. But a lot of times we can get creative as well once we have kind of the basics handled. Some of the cool things we've done with web, because web is, has been around and been fully established, like we came up with paper models that we can share with people so they could print at home to make their own web or. Oh, that's cool. 
a lot of times web is it's so big it had to fold to fit into its rocket and then in space it deployed so it you know the, the analogy it's like origami so we worked with a origami master to make a the primary mirror so you can fold it to make this primary mirror that it looks it looks pretty cool. wow you have to have a certain amount i try to make it it doesn't look as good as origami <laughs> master but it's like if if someone out there is really into origami it's kind of like the cool um you know crossing of art and uh engineering and technology that we we try to share our material to bring in new audiences bring in new people that might might not have normally or off the bat be interested in it, but then they see that connection. They're like, oh, wow, I want to yeah. learn more about this. Definitely. That that sounds really effective and like a, a perfect example of a way that an, an outreach initiative is successful. Can you discuss any upcoming projects or missions that you're particularly excited to share with the public? Maybe, wow. you know, JWST had the one year, but Nancy Grace has yet to launch. Um, yeah. I'll let you take yeah. it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope is, is sure that 100%. That's kind of the next big thing. So Webb is doing incredible work. I'm excited to just introduce people to Roman. Most people I meet at events will just ha have not heard of Roman yet, which is fine. It's hard. There's like I like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world at NASA. It's hard to keep up with all the missions. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Roman is being built currently at Goddard and it's going to launch uh, by May, 2027. And it's going to have a lot of similarities to web, but a, a lot of differences that will complement each other to further astrophysics and our understanding of the universe. So it'll be at the same orbit as web. So it's going to be a million miles away orbiting the sun at L2 is what the orbit is called a similar wavelength. It'll be near infrared uh, where Webb is near and mid-infrared, so similar wavelength, same orbit, but where Webb and Hubble look at a very almost like narrow field of view, look very deep, Roman is going to have a field of view that's between 100 and 200 times wider than Hubble and Webb, so it's going to look very wide and at the same resolution as Hubble, so it will be able to, to map the universe like we never had before in a way that would take, you know, Hubble and Webb thousands of years to take all those images and st stitch them together. So it's a, you know, fisheye lens on the universe to learn more about dark energy, dark matter, and exoplanets. Roman will help us see more rogue Earths than we ever would have been able to if we used ground-based observatories. So those are exoplanets that yeah. you know, are more close to Earth's size, so there might be chances to find some signs of life there. So wait, that's so cool. What advice would you give to someone interested in a career in science and engineering communications, maybe particularly in space and astronomy? Sure. I get this question a ton because it is it is a rather interesting job. I would say, you know, if they're younger, to try any way they can to get their foot in the door. Uh, so it be it an internship or talking to people in that career just to learn as much knowledge as they can and then try to do it. So uh, the practical thing I always tell people is that if you're looking for jobs, try and major in something that will help you get there. So science, technology, but if you want to work in communications, journalism, communications, public relations, those are all good ideas. And then taking internships throughout college. And then once you get out, just you really have to uh, look 
the little tidbit I tell people is that a lot of the workforce at the federal government are contractors. So it's not civil servants. It's about like 30%, 25% are civil servants. The rest are contractors. So you have to kind of dig and find where the communications contracts are and apply and get your foot in the door and apply, apply, apply. It's not a straight path. It's not an easy quest. You just have to keep mm-hmm. kind of plugging away. That's great advice. Uh, what's something surprising and unexpected that you've experienced as a public outreach lead? I've definitely been surprised. The interest in space kind of goes beyond languages. So like I've had the chance to work events where it's an international audience of kids and not even like they don't, they don't speak English, but they still enjoy and they connect with the content so much so that it is very surprising. Like I, I connected with a class from outside Venice, Italy. These kids were in first grade. So they're still learning that they're, they don't really know much English. They all drew pictures about what web saw and they were learning in their school about web. And I just connected with the teacher and as luck would have it, one of our scientists is Italian. So he, he talked to them and just, just seeing the kids light up and hearing like, oh, this guy is like us. He speaks Italian. He works on this incredible mission. It kind of like you could see the connections in their eyes like, oh, wow, this is something I could do. It's not NASA is an unattainable thing that no Italian has ever worked at. It's like, no, I, I could do this if I really want to do it. That was a recent one that uh, just warmed my heart to see these kids just they sat there and they were really locked in and they loved hearing about web in Italian. So that that was a good one. And then the funny one that, that I'll end on is um, you never know who you'll meet at these conferences. Like I assume and it's a good assumption that you'll run into like scientists, engineers at these science and engineering conferences. But mm-hmm. one of my first events for web, I was um, at a space research conference in Pasadena, California. So just outside LA. And this guy walks up and I, I told my coworker, I was like, oh, that, that looks like Billy Zane, the guy from Titanic. And he walked up and his dad said, Billy Zane. And I was like, oh, it is Billy <laughs> Zane from Titanic. So, and like, I was just like, hey, like, what, what are you doing here? And he, he owns some small company and he's interested in tech and he lives in Pasadena. So he's like, oh, I saw this was here. So I, I bought a badge and I came. Tell me about your mission. And he was just really interested in space stuff. He took us to lunch. We hung out with him for an afternoon. Wow. It was, yeah, it was just a surprising connection that came out of nowhere. We hope you enjoyed our episode. Please visit longitude.site for the transcript. Also, we are getting ready to release a library exhibit to accompany this series. Any campus library can have access to our slides for display. Check out our website, longitude.site, for more details soon. Join us next time for more unique insights on Longitude Soundbites. <laughs>